Welcome back into another edition of the Fantasy Authority Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Steele. You can find me on Twitter at FantasyRad13. You can find my co-host, Cody Kutzer, at CKutzerFF. And today we're going to be talking about some of our early sleepers, kind of our top five a little bit, some guys that we're kind of looking at, maybe through some just some early guys we're kind of taking a look at here, uh, kind of break up a little bit of the, you know, the rookie talk that's going around right now. Everybody's talking about the rookies. You can only talk about that so much. So we decided to do this. Uh, next week, we are going to be covering the NFC South. And then we'll also be covering, I think we're going to start doing some uh, some strategy talk. We're going to do some Keeper League strategy, stuff like that. So really hope you guys enjoy the show. And we will see you guys again next week. Have a great Mother's Day. Peace. Trying to fuck with Hollywood Cole. I'm with Marla G, bro. Flying Holly Grove chicks to my Hollywood shows. And I wanna tell you something that you probably should know. This that slum dog, millionaire Bollywood flow. And uh, my real friends never hearing from me. Fake friends write the wrong answers on the mirror for me. That's why I pick and choose. I don't get shit confused. I got a small circle. I'm not with different crews. We walk the same path, but got on different shoes. Live in the same building, but we got different views. I got a couple cars I never get to use. Don't like my women single, I like my chicks in twos. And these days, all the girls is down the road. I hit the strip club and all them bitches find a pole. Plus, I've been sipping, so this shit is so moving anyways, slow. So, anyways, why don't you start off and tell us about your early sleeper, if you will? The, the guy that I'm excited about here, uh, Dude, give me give me Preston Williams. Currently coming off boards at thirteen oh four. Basically, uh, they upgraded a quarterback. They upgraded their offensive line, and then that's really it, man. Like they they didn't add anything to their receiving core outside of they did add somebody in the seventh round. I think it was like from Navy. I think so. Not anyone that's really going to be taking any um, any targets away. No one's that's going to come in there and demand targets right off the bat. Preston Williams, another UDFA. He was actually off to a really nice start last year before tearing his ACL. Um, eight games he that he was featured in, he had six plus targets in seven of those, and he had sixty plus yards in in four of those. So you you look at that offense. It's Gasecki, Devontae Parker. I will always hold hold out hope for Albert Wilson. It's kind of becoming my my next Sammy Watkins. I I, I think. Um, but outside of that, man, I mean, obviously they brought in Brita, but I mean, I, I don't think he's really going to command that many targets. So if if you look at that, it's it's going to be Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, and then Preston Williams. And if you're getting someone who has wide receiver two upside, like at, at his high highest highest level, um, being able to snag him in the thirteenth round, and I I really don't see too much hype that's going to drive him up too much higher either so he's someone who i think is gonna gonna be able to stay around he's gonna be a double digit kind of guy who you can go in and just take a flyer on and and feel pretty confident about his his target share at the at the very least yeah, I mean, he got hurt, right? So, like, he kind of yeah, tore his ACL. Like, you don't have that vividness bias with him, right? Where, like, he had that strong end of the season where it kind of raises his draft capital. People kind of forget about him. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't want to go too far here, but I, I actually think the Dolphins are going to be competitive this year. People are going to laugh at that because of the Dolphins, but I actually think they have a shot of winning. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to, like, make the playoffs or anything, but, like, with all the additions they've made, like, they are doing this right. They are building this team the correct way. I think they could end up winning 
eight or nine games this year, maybe. Like I think maybe that's too high. Maybe maybe seven to eight, right? I think I think that and that would be a nice progression for them. Because I don't know what they're gonna do with Tua. I I still think that it'd be smart to give him the red shirt year, let him sit this year out, learn everything, completely heal up. And and if they're in a if they're in a even winning at all, like I th- then I don't think Tua sees the field at all. So we'll see what happens. But you're right. Like I do like Preston Williams going in thirteenth round. I think is a great value for him and what he brings to the table because he was kind of the man there for a little while. I mean, it was kind of him and Devontae Parker going back. So I like I like Preston Williams. I think people have kind of forgot about him. So um, I do like that call. So actually, let's let's stick with the, the Dolphins, right? So mine is actually Matt Breida. Is, like is one of mine. Now, I feel like I've been Matt Breida fan hype train for the last couple of years. Like it was the same thing last year when he was in San Francisco. Now he got traded this year uh, just recently to the Dolphins. Now, I do expect that Jordan Howard is going to be the starting running back for the, for this team, at least out of the gate, right? Mm-hmm. But we know that Jordan Howard is not a pass-catching running back. And so I do think that Matt Breida, who's had at least 20 receptions each of the last two years, is certainly capable of being the pass-catching back. They don't have anybody else. They have Gaskins, you know, and he's a nobody. I mean, they have nobody, right? So I think at the very least, I think Breida steps in and is at least the pass-catching running back in this in this backfield. And I think he has some PPR appeal where he can have some RB2, RB3 type weeks, especially if they're playing from behind, because that's not going to be good news for Jordan Howard. Now, I, I think this team is more competitive. The defense, they really went out and made a lot of um, improvements along the defensive side of the football. So we'll see. But I still think Matt Breida um, is an interesting target. Right now he's going as RB48, and I think that's too low for him. And somebody, if something happened to Jordan Howard, then this is his backfield. We've seen that Matt Breida has been very effective as a running back. Was leading the league in rushing a couple years ago before he went hurt. He was the guy that, like, Every week, it felt like he was like leading the game. It was like, oh, here we go. Matt Breed is hurt. No, wait, wait, hold on. There he is. He's coming back. He's coming back, folks. He's coming back on the field. It looks like he just broke his leg, but he's back out on the field playing. Like, that's been Matt Breed. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he's just dramatic or what. But regardless, I think Matt Breed is in a terrific spot. It's kind of that late round target, kind of get him, you know, 12th, 13th, 14th round, something like that. And I think that uh, that, that could pay off immediately and have at least some PPR appeal. So your next guy is another guy that I really like, somebody that I probably would have picked. But Anthony Miller, I really like Anthony Miller. Yeah. Um, tell me about Anthony Miller, who I I also like Darnell Mooney, but you know I think that is uh, a, we've already talked about him. But with Anthony Miller, why don't you uh, whisper sweet nothings about Anthony Miller? Yeah, Dar- Darnell Mooney, he's going to be that you know that that explosive kind of speed guy. I, I don't really see him being heavily heavily involved. Well, especially um, not now too, because they signed Ted Ginn. Mother, I was I was like, you really? But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, again, the, both of those guys are going to be that kind of the ones that you set up to take that shot. I don't think there's someone who you're just going to be like, oh, well, you you have to give him five six targets a game. But anyway, with with Anthony Miller, he's been one of my favorites since since he came in. Um, to me, it's just a it's a similar similar situation to someone like Preston Williams. They didn't add anything else to that receiving group. I mean, obviously outside of Cole Komet, but I mean, there's still going to be plenty. It's going to be Allen Robinson, Cole Komet, I guess one of their twelve tight ends, apparently, and then Anthony Miller. And I mean, like. That's that's really good. That's really going to be it. Um, and if you if you look at you want to kind of the opposite of Preston Williams, maybe someone who should have that recency bias. Anthony Miller, his end to the 2019 season, he was on he was just on a tear, man. So from weeks 13 to 16, 
He was wide receiver 11, and that's including week 16 where he had one catch for two yards. So he was just on a complete tear there at, at the end of the year. Someone that, someone that I'm super excited about should have, and I, I think he's been banged up his, his first couple of years too. I know he had the, I think his rookie year, he played through the dislocated shoulder, if I'm remembering correctly, had the, had the surgery in the offseason. So the, obviously the, the quarterback situation isn't going to get any worse. How much of an upgrade is Nick Foles? This, you know, still remains to be seen. But again, in fantasy football, you chase opportunity and touches, and that's what Anthony Miller is going to have. And with how he finished the year, hopefully he can use that to, to kind of catapult him at the at the beginning of the year. And he's actually going a couple picks after Preston Williams. And again, similar to Preston Williams, I don't see there being a, a ton of hype behind Anthony Miller. So I think he's going to be safe as a, as a late-round guy as well. No, I can dig that for sure. So who's uh, who's your next guy? Well, we didn't get to talk about it last week, and I kind of whispered about it. But Anthony McFarland, love me some Anthony McFarland. Now with Anthony McFarland, I do not trust James Conner to stay healthy at all this year. Um, he just hasn't been able to do it in his career. And if something happens to him, like Anthony McFarland is is the guy, and I think Anthony McFarland has standalone value as is like i think he's going to be involved as, as a pass catcher they've already said that they want to kind of be a little bit more uh rbbc there in pittsburgh that you know we know that james connor is not coming back to this offense today or uh, you know next year like he's he, he's gone after this year this is last year in pittsburgh and apparently it sounds the same thing with juju smith schuster which is again we've already we talked i think we talked about that last week just a little bit crazy but i think anthony mcfarland i love anthony mcfarland super explosive athlete you know he was the led the Led the Steelers and or led the Steelers, <laughs> led this rookie class and yards created. Excuse me, you know, program Barfield. So like we talked about with him, like I love Anthony McFarland. He is going way too late right now, for, and you know we're still waiting for rookies to adjust stuff like that. But one thing that should be mentioned with at least rookie running backs is that there's not going to be as much of a steep as a curve in terms of learning the playbook or blitz pickup and stuff like that. For these guys, so it should be a little bit more easier of a transition. I don't think Anthony McFarland steps on the field week one and has a huge role, but I think as the year progresses, and I, I honestly think that he's a starter by the end of the year. I really like Anthony McFarland, and I know I think he went in what the fourth round, I believe, which which isn't terrible value for a running back. Like you have to adjust when we're talking about running backs. Like running backs aren't the same as other positions because they are devalued compared. So a running back that goes in the third or fourth round that's still really good value, and that you know that's where you know a lot of the starters come from, right? Like I have no problem with him going there. Like I don't look at that like oh he's just a fourth round pick. It's not great value. It's not great draft capital. Like no, that's fine draft capital for a running back. So I think with everything uh, with everything combined with Anthony. Anthony McFarland, I think he's at a terrific spot. We know running backs do really well there. So, like I said, I like Anthony McFarland a lot, and he's somebody that I'm going to have a ton of this redraft season and best ball season for that matter. So, um, your next guy, which is on brand, is Alan Lazard, who is probably the luckiest uh, guy because uh, the Packers fucked the draft up, right? We've, we don't have to keep going to that. Like, we know the fact that they, they screwed this up. But he is the beneficiary. Now, this is something that I want to ask you because I know Alan Lazard, and you can talk about why you like him and everything else, but I still feel like there is an opportunity here for a guy like um, Equinemius St. Brown, who was hurt last year, uh, who got hurt and did not play last year. I think he has an opportunity here, but tell me what you like about Alan Lazard. I mean, I, I think it, there there are some names. It, it seems like a like a crowded room, but like I don't I really don't see there being that much 
competition, right? Like MVS, I think is still hanging around. Obviously, they brought in uh, Devin Funches, um, but with with Alan Lazard, um, he was second receiving yards last year. He had the second most catches amongst the the wide receiver group. I actually think it went obviously Devontae, and then I think that the two running backs were ahead of him, and then possibly even like Jimmy Graham as well. So, but amongst that receiving group, he was second in uh, in catches. You already talked about it. They didn't add anything, you know, any heavy hitters like a lot of people were expecting, and what would have seemed to have made sense in the uh, in the NFL draft. Um, and then there was the uh, there was also the article that Matthew Barry came out with whenever he was at the he was he spent some time at the NFL Combine and got to talk to some of the uh, some of the coaching staff and they they really talked up Lazard so they liked him a lot they they were expecting him to have a big role this year and obviously again they didn't go out and add anybody any of the big names at at receiver so. I mean, at worst, maybe he's not a maybe he's not a consistent week to week guy, but if he is, and if he is that wide receiver two in that Packers offense, and he's the steady wide receiver two, he's going in the seventeenth round right now. So even if he isn't consistent, you're you're not spending high capital on him. You can kind of throw him in there on bye weeks or injury fill ins, or you know, depending on on matchups or something like that. So. To me, he's he is the perfect kind of late round guy. Again, in the seventeenth round, that you can just go and snag who might be able to return a much much higher value than where you're drafting him at. I just I, I saw the eye roll. I you're no, I you're mean, muted. I, I I can get on board with that. I guess you know with him, um, it doesn't blow me away because there's there's so there's other things that bother me as well about that. But you're right, seventeenth round. So what what are yeah. we bitching about really? You know, seventeenth <laughs> round. So if it doesn't fucking work out, which I mean, there's leagues that don't even draft that many rounds. Unless something's only drew 15, so he could go undrafted, right? We'll see. We'll see how this progresses. I, I know that it seemed like he had a connection with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers talked up Alan Lazard mm-hmm. as well last year. So we'll see with that. Um, my next guy is actually on your brand, which uh, I'm surprised not on your list, but is Sammy Watkins. Like you are team Let's Sammy go. Watkins. Like pants off whatever my thing is with him he's just going wide receiver 56 like that's but i i guess there's some things that justify it because if you look at his numbers i mean it was wheels up for sammy Watkins week one right i mean he had that that monster 11 target nine receptions 198 yards and three touchdowns 46.8 fantasy a week right number one Tyreek Hill went down in that game so everyone was like oh my goodness we're about to get the sammy Dude. Watkins breakout season you it literally couldn't have gone any better for Sammy <laughs> week one. Like, dude, I had so many dynasty shares. That I was just like, hell yes, I'm vindicated. Here we go. You're going to have to come with five first rounders if you want Sammy off of me in dynasty. Let's go. Yeah. Well, and then <laughs> he only had one more usable week the rest of the season where he week nine against Minnesota he had 13.3 fantasy points, and he finished as wide receiver 26. That was it. I get it. Some of it was just super unlucky about touchdowns. Um, he did not score another touchdown the rest of the season um, in terms of regular season. <laughs> so, like, the yardage – I mean, the yardage wasn't great by any means. He had 49, 64, 54, uh. 45, 63, 39, 26, 0, 50, 49, 28, right? But in the playoffs, Sammy Watkins, again, like a like a phoenix from the ashes, rises up and balls in the pre or in the preseason in the playoffs. Like I said, some of this is just pure unluck 
un- being unlucky, like he did not score another touchdown. Now we also know about Patrick Mahomes getting hurt last year and how that really changed the offense, and they weren't nearly as dynamic as we we typically see them after that. Um, they had they had certain games, and t- you know, and Tyree Kill finally came back, Mike McCole Harmon back in the offense. But I'm going to tell you right now, Sammy Watkins is going to be the number two wide receiver of the Kansas City Chiefs this year. They're paying him a ton of money. They're he's still getting $15 million. They cannot trade him. They cannot release him because they reworked his deal. Like he is getting, he's going to be involved in this offense. And I think at wide receiver 56, that's just a little bit too low for me. I, I think, you know, if he was going, like, I think 45 is probably fair because of the other players in this offense. But I think this offense is going to be even more dynamic than it was last year because of what happened to Patrick Mahomes. But he still had 90 targets, which, again, isn't great. You know, his three touchdowns, like I said, that he all had in week one. I I think there's some positive regression coming his way, which is crazy to me when you think about how bad he was, but he still finished with 10.5 fantasy points per game, which, like, what? Like, (laughs) somebody that was that bad. Anyways, regardless of that. Like I said, like I think Sammy should. I think that's a little bit too low. If you want to take him with, you know, a late round, maybe like in the thirteenth, fourteenth round as a flyer. Like I think, I mean, this isn't. There's not a better offense to to get pieces of, and this is one of them. And getting him at wide receiver fifty six, like I said, he's gonna be the wide receiver too. Like that is happening, and I think McCole Harmon likely is the wide receiver three in this offense. So. Um, I still think Sammy Watkins holds some value, and I think he can bounce back a little bit, the, you know, this year. And you know, contract year is undefeated, right? And this is his contract year, so if he wants to continue playing after this year, I, I think Sammy Watkins deserves a little bit more love than what he's getting. Yeah, I mean, I think if you said to anyone, you can get Kansas City's wide receiver two at the end of the thirteenth, beginning of the fourteenth round, like you. You should be running to make that selection. Uh, Hardman is being drafted ahead of him. Uh, Like I said, obviously this is early ADP, but he's going two rounds ahead at 11.07. So if, you know I mean? Again, wide receiver two in the Kansas City Patty Mahomes offense, you, you don't have to convince me or twist my arm to take, uh, to take Sammy, Sammy Watkins. So just to, just to round out my, my top five, um, I don't necessarily I I'm not gonna call him a sleeper, but Christian Kirk is currently being drafted at the end of the ninth round. I think it's just a, a little a little undervalued for for him and with what they did with bringing in D Hop and and everything else. And obviously Kyler had himself it seemed like pretty quietly a really nice QB one year, especially for a rookie with not a lot going on. So uh, Christian, like I said, Christian Kirk at nine oh nine. That just seems a little undervalued. Maybe a little post hype sleeper going on there. Um, hopefully, we see that offense open up and what we thought we were going to be getting out of Cliff Kingsbury coming into, you know, coming into the NFL. Maybe we get that in year two. Uh, the last guy that I'll touch on, Jack Doyle at eleven oh nine. I think we touched on him and maybe the best ball episode we did a, a, a few weeks back. But still, I mean. Philip Rivers, I don't think we're going to see too many deep balls from him. It's going to be, from what we've heard so far, it's going to be one of those quick release, quick hitting, uh, quick hitting passing games. The only established piece there is going to be T.Y. Hilton. And then, I mean, we we both obviously love Michael Pittman. I'm a big fan of Paris Campbell. But outside of that, man, I think it's going to be a lot of T.Y., a lot of Jack Doyle. Um, so getting him in 1109, like I would rather take Jack Doyle than Dallas Goddard and Goddard is going two rounds ahead of him. So those would be my last two early sleepers for, for 2020 who, uh, who are your last two? 
Yeah, so for me, it basically comes down to uh, Mike Gesicki. Uh, he's right now going as tight end 12 um, for 4-4's ADP, and he's going in the ninth round. Now, if you look at their ADP, though, I, 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 we, I guess we should mention this. This is their best. This is best ball. This is FFPC and big ball or best ball tens, which is uh, best ball ADP. So the, you want to take that a little bit of consideration because right now they basically have sixteen running backs going in the top nine rounds, or t- running backs, tight ends going in the top. Um, 10 rounds that ain't happening okay in a, re- in a regular draft that is not happening there so you have a little bit of a tight end premium here but i think mike Gesicki probably ends up going probably in normal draft probably 10th 11th round somewhere right around there and i think he actually has the best path to be this year's austin hooper if you look at Gesicki last year one we know he's a super athletic tight end but earlier on the year last year um you know, when they were trying to figure out what they were doing with everything and everything was kind of falling apart there in the early part of the year, you know, he didn't really do a whole lot. He had the most fantasy points he had from, you know, week one through eight was 8.1. But then after that, it's, he kind of exploded a little bit. Week nine, he had 15 and a half. And then he had 3.8, 5.8, then 11.8, 18.9, 1.6, 8.7, week 16, and 13.4, week 17. I really like Mike Gesicki. Super athletic tight end, like I mentioned, played 15 games last year. I think this offense is better. I mean, he is everything you want. He's six foot six, 250 pounds. You know, that 96 96th percentile 40 yard dash, 118.7 speed score. Um, burst score is fantastic. I mean, he just is off the off the charts tight end, right? In terms of athleticism. There's not a ton there in terms of, of things to take away from him. So I wouldn't be surprised if he led the team in targets um, this this upcoming season. I definitely think he's going to be the, the main benefactor inside the red zone. I love Mike Kosicki. You know, I guess I could have used this time to talk about Dan Arnold because can we talk about the fact that Dan Arnold, no, they didn't draft a tight end, so he should be their tight end one. But regardless, I'm not talking about Dan Arnold today, but I like Mike Kosicki a lot. My last guy... I don't know how I feel about this yet. Like I'm still kind of, I'm still processing it. I'm debating it. Nikhil Harry, he's going at wide receiver. I think 59, right? I don't love the Patriots offense. I just a little bit ago said I think it's going to be one of the worst offenses in the league. I still stand by that. But there's nobody else there. It's him and old ass Julian Edelman. I'm sure Julian Edelman's going to have the motivation of a turtle, right? Like, I think the opportunity is going to be there. They drafted him to draft capital last year. He started off the year hurt. He never really got going. He didn't get any really opportunity. But for Nikhil Harry, like, this is kind of, you know, this is a year for him. I mean, last year, he only had one week against Cincinnati where he had four targets. He had two receptions for 15 yards and a touchdown, which got him 11.7 fantasy points. Other than that, he did absolutely nothing last year. But everything else, like, people have to, like, remember, Nikhil Harry was was you know a lot of people's wide receiver one last year you know heading mm-hmm. into the heading into the heading into this time last year people love to kill it when that when he went to the Patriots everyone's like, oh my god this is fantastic the Patriots, Tom Brady's gonna have a, a a strong weapon as a pass catcher and then he got hurt and then it just went progressively worse from there so I do think Nikhil Harry at his current price tag which is going, I believe, in the 11th, 11, 11.5 in FFPC drafts right now in terms of his ADP. I think there's there, there's lots of like here. Uh, if you can get him 12th, 13th round, somewhere in that 11th through 13th round range, I, I would like to take a flyer on him. Yes, they're going to have Jarrett Stidham as, as, their starting, as their starting quarterback, and I don't think that's going to change 
it's just every single week a quarterback gets released and it happens. Everyone's like, yeah, mm-hmm, yep, Bill Belichick's going to bring him in. No, I'm a pretty confident at this point that they're not bringing in any quarterback, that they're going to roll with Jarrett Stidham, that they're going to see what happens, and maybe they tank this year, and that's almost what it looks like they're doing because they've made no effort to bring anybody in. They don't really have a ton of cap space to begin with, but they don't really have anything else to go for here. And so I think that they kind of do this year as a reset year, come back next year, and add some pieces and kind of re- turn the page here on the Tom Brady, you know, everything else that happened there. So I think Nikhil Harry has some has some fantasy upside. I don't think it's massive. I don't think he's somebody that's going to be like a wide receiver one or anything like that. But I think he can be at least a, a decent wide receiver three this year in terms of because there's just nobody else there. They're going to have to throw the ball to somebody. So that's what I think like about Nikhil Harry as a kind of a late round flyer. But, you know, so that's where we stand right now with everything. So those, again, so my top five are Matt Breida, Anthony McFarlane, Sammy Watkins, Mike Gesicki, and Nikhil Harry. Um, we'll probably obviously revisit this a bunch over the next couple of months once we get closer to redraft. So uh, I thought it was interesting, you know, kind of kind of take a look at the landscape right now. Some guys that we think that are going a little bit too early, especially like if you're in best balls, guys that you should be targeting there as well. Other than that, you got anything else to, to preach on? No man, uh, I would just love to hear from the from the community. So if you're if you're rewatching this on on YouTube, uh, drop your drop your favorite sleepers in the comments. Or if you're listening to this in podcast form, definitely hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You know we're we're everywhere. We we out here. I think a cat was trying to get his word in there for you. Fucking hate that cat. Oh, you so know. much. Yeah. Well, cats are the worst. I'm more of a dog guy myself. <laughs> But regardless, uh, I really appreciate everybody checking out the show. Like I said, please hit that like, subscribe. If you're listening to it on podcast, um, be sure to rate and review the show. It really helps us out. Let's us know kind of how we're doing. We do have a uh, something special coming up. We are uh, have a new logo that we've been working on that should be out here really soon. A new you know website logo. We're really excited about it. So that, that'll be out. We're going to be doing some shirts. We're looking forward to that. We're, actually, I talked about it last week. I guess I should have mentioned this earlier. Is that we're going to give out a few uh, some of our shirts. We're going to put the new design on there. We're really excited about it. We're going to give out some shirts. So stay tuned for that um, on, on, on all the details there. Because we're really excited about doing that. We're also going to give out some free best ball drafts as well. So like I said, we're just trying to give back to the community. So I really appreciate everybody checking out the show. Until next week, be sure to check out The Last Kingdom because it's the fucking tits. You know, maybe... Maybe uh, Cody will watch it. Probably won't. Well, and you know, at no, least we get some sports this weekend. And fuck yeah for the NFL release, NFL schedule release. We'll see you guys again next week. We hope.